Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I am Chris Marone. And this week is party week. As you can tell, I'm wearing my Kansas City Chiefs hoodie. It's one of these brand new hoodies you buy that intentionally looks like it's old and worn out. Uh, But I guess that's how things go. You buy jeans that have ribs and you buy vintage shirts. So it looks like it's old, but it's brand new. But hey, we are in celebratory mode here. We are going to talk a lot of football today. And also Trump is in the news as well. So hopefully we'll get to that as well. But first... Let's pay some bills. This CL, this um podcast is brought to you by Comedian <laughs> of Law. We do CLEs that educate and entertain. Chris, we have some fun things coming up. We have a CLE cruise. We are going to go to Athens, not Athens, Georgia. That would be a little bit uh, cheaper. Uh, Athens, Greece. Where we are going to talk about the trial of Socrates, where the trial actually took place. Then we're going to hop on a cruise ship and cruise the Mediterranean. Mediterranean, Chris, I, this cruise Ooh, is selling out. Jealous. Fast. Apparently, word has gotten out that uh, the cruise ships are open. The world is back open from COVID. People want to cruise. I yep. cruised during COVID twice, and it was the most amazing thing in the world. I think one time we were on a ship that could uh, seat 4,500, and there were 800 of us. The next ship was oh. MSC, 6,500-person boat. Then we had 300 of us on that ship. Well, those days are long gone, and wow. now this cruise ship is selling out fast. So if you want to go with us, to Athens and CLE while you're deducting it from your taxes. Hey, check out our website while there are still spots available. Absolutely, man. That looks like, I wish I could go. I really wanted to go, but the wife had other plans. It is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be in September. I'm really looking forward to it. I just enjoy cruising. I don't know. There's nothing about cruising I don't like. I mean, the crowds are kind of annoying, but you know what? It's a big boat. I can find a place where the crowd is not and just hang out. And every view that you have is a beautiful view. So I am excited about that. Plus, I got to be honest, I'm excited about the CLE portion of this cruise. And does that make me kind of weird? I don't know. I really do believe the trial of Socrates still impacts our legal system today. The more I research it, the more I'm kind of shocked by, yeah, this is current day America. Just last week at the Supreme Court, they were addressing the Socrates issue. Yes, they didn't call it the Socrates issue, but that's what I'm going to call it. The rule by philosopher Kings, the oligarchy, the ugly fourth branch of the government. Hey, also this month, uh, talking about what we are doing as here at Comedian of Law, we have our our second feature CLE of the month. We love a true crime, so we are going to be discussing the Amanda Knox murder trial, fascinating murder trial where she was wrongfully convicted. Oh, crap, I just gave away the ending there. Spoiler alert, whatever. Uh, Yes, she was wrongfully convicted, convicted, so we're going to talk about the Amanda Knox murder trial there in Perugia, Italy. And that's one of right. the things I had to do about this class. I had to actually study how to say that word. I believe it's Perugia. <laughs> does, that, does that sound right? It is actually right. Yeah. I remember. Okay. Well, and if you didn't know that Amanda Knox was wrongfully convicted, like you've been living under a rock. That was a pretty big case for, for a hot minute. Um, well, there was this confession that she did. Allegedly. Chris. No, not even allegedly. It's, it's a false <laughs> confession. It is as false yeah. as you can get. I listened to the confession or, or read the confession again this last week. No, it is as bogus as there ever was a false confession. This is how her confession read. It was something like this. Well, I'm speaking in her voice now. Well, I don't remember this at all. I was not there. I don't remember it. But you're telling me, as in the police officers, you're telling me you have actual physical evidence that I was there. You're telling me my boyfriend said I'm lying, that I actually was there. I don't have any Mm -hmm. memory of it. 
But since but you're, you're telling me it did happen, I guess it did. Yep. That's not a confession. May, do you know how many cops in America would love that? <laughs> oh, I'm just going to spoon feed you all the facts, and you're going to come back and tell me that I'm correct. Yes. Okay. Fair, fair. That's how. No. That's that how. case was so bad. Here's how bad the prosecution's case was. So at the murder scene, they had Rudy Goudet's DNA all over the murder scene. By the Rudy Goudet, actually, it was the murderer and the rapist. Uh -huh. He raped uh, Meredith Kircher and then oh. murdered Meredith Kircher. His DNA was inside Meredith. Everywhere. was all over the room. Everywhere. Yeah. Do you know whose DNA was not in the room? Amanda Knox. Amanda's or her boyfriend's Raphael. Weird. And, and Weird. so do you know how the prosecution explained that away? Magic by saying they cleaned up uh, um, Amanda's DNA Only. and and uh, Raphael's and they left Rudy Goudet's. That's so laughable. I don't even know how, how what else to say about that. I look, let's say that's true. I want that technology. Bring me that technology. I want to be able to just clean up myself's DNA from everywhere that I go. Just me. Yeah. Don't leave everybody else, but just me. I, I try that all the time, but when I'm supposed to clean the counters, I say, no, hon, I already cleaned up my dirt. My. I left your dirt, and so the rest of it is all yours. It doesn't work. Uh, so yeah, and then you're sleeping on the couch. Yeah, it's, hey, that's going to be our feature CLE of the month, February 15th, <laughs> because what better way to celebrate love in, in America than to discuss a brutal murder? All right. You, uh, my, that's what my wife wants. She wants flowers and True crime podcast for Valentine's yeah. Day this year. I, I'm making a play for a middle-aged white woman. I guess I don't know how, what else to say about Star that. But yeah. Dude, right. you are hitting the Stanley Starbucks crowd, and I'm here for it. Hey, my pumpkin spice lattes. You know what? It's my crowd. Mm -hmm. You, you got to hit where you can. That's All right. right. Hey, our first segment here, Chris. Uh, I don't have a catchy title for this. Maybe on the spot you can come up with a catchy title. It's okay. is. I'm going to describe to you a situation, and I want you to okay. tell me, is this inappropriate conduct or is this person the victim of the social media age? That's not a real catchy Ooh. title. Maybe you can come up with a better title, but Thinking inappropriate conduct or social media gone bad. All right, here's what happened. Las Vegas. Let's just stop right there. You know, it's going to be a crazy story. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it begins with Las Vegas. Las mm -hmm. Vegas judge Erica Ballou is facing a formal ethics complaint for two postings on her social media accounts. All right. So let's, okay. uh, the Nevada Commission for Judicial Discipline filed two counts. Viol uh, she violated the revised Nevada Code of Judicial Conduct for her social media posts. All right. In the first post, this is what she said. It was September of 2021. Uh, it said at 10.46 p.m., a judge below posted on Instagram, life is still beautiful despite the fact that Billie Eilish doesn't start for 30 minutes and I have an 8.30 calendar tomorrow. Okay, that to me that doesn't sound that bad. I don't even know who Billie Eilish is, but I'm assuming okay. there's nothing wrong with that post. So Billie Eilish is a pop singer. Okay, she sing she she is very popular at the moment. Not not in the Starbucks crowd, but you know, not in the okay. pumpkin spice crowd. Um, I I. Yeah, I don't, I don't see a problem with right. that. I don't well, see let a problem me, um, with that. Maybe the <sighs> devil is in the details. So there was a hashtag, and apparently that's how Instagram oh, works. So the yeah, hashtag apparently. included vacate the um, the spit. Can I say spit? It didn't say spit. It was S blank, 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 T. Vacate Ooh. the spit out of custody cases. Ooh. Okay, does that change your opinion just a little bit? I don't know. You're yeah, the that's judge. A, that's, that's a rough hashtag. That... <laughs> that 
unadvisable. Okay. Unadvisable. So maybe she needs some uh, help there with coming up with some right. creative hashtags. Uh, they say right. this violated Canon 1, Rule 2.1 of the Judicial Code, which promotes the public confidence and independence and integrity and partiality of the jury. Now, right. Here's the second one which really caught people's attention. All right. Then Judge Ballou posted a photograph on her Facebook page of herself in a hot tub with two public defenders, Shauna Browers yep. and Robson Hauser. Already, yeah. Already with, a no. Already with, a no. With the caption, Robson is surrounded by great T blank blank S. Now, Chris, I tried to fill in the dots there. Uh, tots? Toys? Hmm. Mm. Anyway, mm. T blank blank S and Robson, by the way, uh, I, there was a picture here of it. And Robson of was course. the guy with two females in a hot tub. So apparently the guy was surrounded by a couple of uh, hooters, I guess you could say. So uh, <laughs> now this person was written up. Can, can a judge now sit in a hot tub with with two other public defenders? Is, is that problematic? Joel. Now I get merit marital wise. That's not a good look. Joel. Can a judge sit in a hot tub with two public defenders? Absolutely. We're not we're Joel. We know what the problem is with this photo. My I it, it and, and he's sitting there with some hot T blank blank S. Um Toys? look. Oh, that, oh, oh, that doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it better. It doesn't does make it? it better at all. Okay, you're right. Like, um, yeah, mm, hmm. <laughs> Legitimately, joking aside, it's a bad look, and okay. it could violate. It could, and it also, if those public defenders are appearing before Judge Robinson, that makes it look even worse. All right, clearly, Chris, I know where we're going with this. There's an easy fix. Let's just add some prudence to the situation. Which add a DA, add a DA, DA, and prosecutor, and we're all good. Just that could be a pre-trial conference, right? Let's <laughs> let's just have the DA there. We can have a public defender there, and the judge could be there, and we could do our pre-trials. We could do our pre. We could do the arraignments from the hot tub. That I mean, is the takeaway from the story. There where are the that, prosecutors? Come on. Right. Absolutely. Where, where are the prosecutors? They're uptight. They're not going to be in a hot tub with a judge. Come on. I, I Come don't on. know about that. I mean, would they still be great T blank blank S? <laughs> That's a good point. You I know, mean, when I actually first read this article, I saw the picture of it. And yeah. I saw the guy. And I saw that mm -hmm. caption. I'm going, yep. are, are they saying he needs a personal trainer? Is that what this is about? Then maybe mm. he should be. But then I reread the caption and said, oh, no, the guy was surrounded by great. Okay, that makes a little great, bit yes. more sense. Great, great, great. Mm. All right, Chris, I need a better well, caption for that. My gosh, this is like why we shouldn't let old people have social media. <laughs> that sounds I so discriminatory. I, that is not brought to you by Comedian of Law. I'm just saying, like. I, I fully believe, and, and this is personal personal preference here, I fully believe that judicial officers should not engage on social media. I, I fully believe that for a, a host of reasons, social media, one, is a cesspool of sharing opinions and, and getting into fights with strangers on the internet. Um, also, for safety reasons, Social media is where I share the pictures of my family or the trips that I'm on or 
like cool memes that I have found about, you know, football or life. Like, like we should... found a great one this last week, which I think you right. shared with me, which said, and I don't know if you realize this, but mm-hmm. now the Chiefs will be playing a home a playoff game at Raiders or a play a playoff game at Raiders Stadium before the Raiders. Nice, interesting little fact there for you. Right. Fun fact. Learn that Fun on social fact media. For you. Fun fact for you is that uh, Taylor Swift has appeared in more Super Bowls than the entire Cowboys organization this century. Hey, you know what? Let's now jump to the great segue. <laughs> you just made a great segue to our next topic here, which is, and you and I discussed this this week, who uh-huh. is more popular, oh Taylor gosh, yes, Swift or the NFL? I, be- I, I believe this conversation began when you were saying, I think Taylor Swift could buy the whatever Kansas City Chiefs. Right. And that got me to thinking, I think Taylor Swift can buy the NFL. I mean, so I was, that got us thinking, who actually right. sold more NFL seats this last year, Taylor Swift or the NFL? Or just for some context, Taylor Swift came to Kansas City and she sold out Arrowhead Stadium. And that's where this love affair began. Uh, um, um, Travis Kelsey sent her a friendship bracelet. She oh, He yeah. wanted to show her how he could rock Arrowhead Stadium like she rocked Arrowhead Stadium. Absolutely. Hey, that's how love, um, you know, great love affairs begin, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and yep. so who, what do you think? Who is more popular? You did some research. Who is more popular, Taylor Swift or the NFL? It depends on how you look at it, right? What what lens are you looking at? Are you looking at pure numbers, right? You're looking at just population-wise. NFL sold about, you know, I, I want to say like 14 million more tickets. You than did the, the math this last year. I did. So the, I the, did the bottom it. line here is there's 32 NFL teams, so there's going to be 16 right? home games per week, right, yep. uh, that they play. And so, so you did the math, of- and assuming everything is sold out, that would be 18.9 million NFL tickets sold in the year 2023. And yep. you are telling me that Taylor Swift sold 60 tour dates in 2023? She did. And, and she that, sold 4.5 million tickets. Wow. So Taylor Swift, just one per, Taylor Swift sold right. over a quarter. I don't say, I don't say over approximately a quarter of all NFL tickets. And that comprises 32 teams. That's right. amazing. A quarter, right, right. one person yeah. per team per game, NFL ticket average 69,485 tickets per, I'm sorry, per game, not per team per game sold 69,485 tickets per concert. She sold 72,500 tickets. Wow. So she actually had per event, more people going to a Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. concert than going to an NFL game. Right. Uh, Average NFL team makes 10 million per game in ticket sales. Taylor makes 15 million per concert. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Did not know average average NFL ticket is $151. Average Taylor ticket is $250. Interesting. Well, and you know, we were talking about this because you know, we listen to a ton of sports talk radio on our off time. I, some shows people know, right? Pac McPhee, New Heights, some other ones. I listen to some local shows and I saw a guy come across my Twitter feed that was accusing Taylor Swift of being with Travis Kelsey for the money. <laughs> and I was like, and I immediately thought of you, Joel, and I was like, tell me you don't know who Taylor Swift is without telling me you don't know who Taylor Swift is. Right. And right. that's what spawned this conversation, right? It, this year alone, Taylor Swift, just from the era's tour, pocketed, 
she pocketed $1.3 billion. Wow. Give me, give me an, look, Dallas Cowboys, Taylor could buy and trade you twice. That is just from this year. One year, one year, one year, right? Pick, pick a different franchise. Buccaneers pick, I don't know. Pick Carolina Panthers, Carolina buy two of them, three of them. Right. She could buy your division. <laughs> looking looking at you, AFC South. Taylor Swift's coming for you. Amazing. Yeah. Right? She is uh I, I think argument. She is worth a quarter of the NFL. Uh and plus yeah. she's gonna be around for another forty to fifty years. And I think if you were mm-hmm. to look at the number of Taylor Swift jerseys at oh. Taylor Swift concerts, it's probably equal to yeah. the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey jerseys at the NFL games. I don't know. Oh my I'm gosh. just totally guessing on that. I would love to figure out how many friendship bracelets. And that's this is gonna be this is gonna be, you know, trying to nail down Jello here. But think about how many how much money has been made revitalizing the friendship bracelet market because of Taylor Swift. There you go. It I would rival no NFL jersey sales. I had no hesitation. idea there was even a market there, but hey, you know oh. what? Everyone agrees that Travis Kelsey has game, and so maybe the friendship bracelet is the evidence of one having a game. So you know what? I am not sick and tired of seeing Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I'm just not. Maybe I'm a homer to Kansas City, and that's why I'm not sick. I know every time we yeah. see Taylor Swift. That means there was a touchdown. So I'm excited for Kansas City. Right. So it's like the right. Pavlonian experience, right? Uh, see, Taylor Swift, that means we had a touchdown. That's a positive association from my perspective. So I am not tired of it one bit. I want to see a lot of Taylor Swift in the upcoming Super Bowl. Hey, I'm, next. I'm also seeing, well, there, there's one more thing that I think that it, it's overshadowed outside of football is my reels and TikTok for you page and, and all these things are dads that are now connecting with their daughters dads are connecting football daughters are connecting taylor swift and dads and daughters are finding a middle ground it's all on, good on where they could and i'm like if anything right as a father connecting with a daughter over something that both of you love there is there there is nothing but greatness that comes from that that you can spend more time with your kids doing things together okay chris i wish i could say i did that but i must admit i just came back from a recent trip and on the way home i decided to listen to some taylor swift music trying to find some some phrases i can use for the podcast or for some football memes i you know what she has so many songs i didn't even come close to listening to all of them but not you you can't Shake It Off, uh, So Mean, all kinds of good songs. I definitely right. love the country Taylor Swift much better than the post-country Poppy. Taylor Swift, but that's because I love uh, country music. Hey, one Some last thing before we jump to our next topic, because I do think it's always appropriate to toot our own horns and go Absolutely. back and re-listen to our old podcast. Chris, you and I pegged this story in week four. Mm. Nailed a long, it. long time ago. So here's what happened. This Nailed last it. week, all this discussion was about, I wonder if Taylor Swift is going to make it to the Super Bowl. Well, she's going to be in, in Tokyo. Yep. What are the flight hours? And I'm screaming, we did that analysis in week four. We were so forward thinking. We were wondering, mm-hmm. will she appear at the Super Bowl? We went and looked at yeah. her concert schedule and knew she was going to be in Tokyo, did the whole time change, everything right. like that. If you listen to our podcast, you would have known early on in the season all is going to be okay. Right. We know the math. We did it. We we mathed it. We we divined it, some would say. Nailed Spoke it. Spoke it into being. That's right. 
We right. Call, right. It, it was the same episode where we called the Niners Chief Super Bowl. We did because we are now granted these are our 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 teams, but still our Fair. our message has been the same, which is don't freak out about the regular season. These are yep. playoff teams. Sometimes playoff teams play the regular season a little bit different. Here's a classic yep. reason why for our non-football listeners, which I think there's two of you, uh, can understand. <laughs> and that is Hi, this. Hey, yes, it's, we're all football fans here, right? That's why you're listening to this podcast. But yep. here's my point. Um we could have thrown the ball to Travis Kelsey all year long. We would have yeah. won a lot more games. He has not lost that much of a step. He still is nope. Travis Kelsey, the all pro. But if you do that, you don't develop your other receivers and you need to develop other receivers. So you have to see who you have. Oh, can, can uh, this person catch the ball? Well, no, we, no, Tony can't catch the ball. Uh, we, yeah. we didn't really know that until we threw to him in crunch times. He kept batting up the ball so the defenders can intercept it. I, I you won't see a lot of Tavarius Tony in the Super Bowl. That's just my prediction. But you right. had to, the Chiefs had to feel that out. We had to let these other players play so we knew who he had in the cupboard. So you play the regular season differently when you are a consistent postseason team. So that's why we knew right. the postseason Chiefs were going to be much different than the regular season Chiefs. We've been saying that all year long on this podcast. Yes, I did mention a couple times I was worried about the drops. I am still Always. worried about the drops, but here's the thing. Those receivers who got the drops during the regular season, you're probably not going to see them much during the Super Bowl. That's just that's why we right. did that during the regular season. Well, and uh, gosh, I can't think of his name now. Number 11, right? He had that drop against the Eagles, and yes, then he had that – Yeah, and then he had the clutch catch. Yes. Right, in the AFC – So – Right, the the Mahomes will 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 reach out to a couple of his other weapons, give him another shot. But if he had dropped that one against the Ravens, hmm, he yeah. he would never see another touch. You until know what? That's, that, that's the reality of it. And and that play probably he was wide open, and you have to take that chance. And he definitely yep. uh, redeemed himself. Uh, yeah. But but uh, Harding, um, I mean Harden. Remember Art Harden, Harden during the uh, yep. Buffalo game? He's when they took the ball, stuck it out over his head, tried to get the the touchdown and fumbled. You don't do yep. that, right? How many touches did he get uh, against the Ravens? I believe that was none. <laughs> exactly. So you know what? What though? But Travis Kelsey was like, man, that was my bad. I missed the block and blah 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 blah. And He's a good I'm thinking teammate. like, I'm like Travis, like. Yeah, you can fall on your sword because you're going to catch the ball every single time and be like, man, that's my bad. That's my bad. I should have blocked whatever. No, homeboy should not have held the ball out over his head. He wanted right. to get the touchdown. He wanted the glory rather than getting the yards. Yeah, I, I, he's a great guy, and he, I yep. think he'll still be a chief, but it's, I'm saying, Absolutely. was it a coincidence that the very next week he got no looks? I'm just saying, do you think that was a coincidence? I think not. Not All at right. all. Now let's play GM uh, for our next uh, section here. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, this is, are you a anyways. GM or are you just a, a, a potato, a couch idiot? All right. So if you were a GM <laughs> and you want, who do you want as a quarterback? I'm talking about the general manager of a, of a football franchise. Do right. you want the stud, the high school stud, the one that hmm. Taylor Swift is going to say, I want to date the quarterback stud because he's so amazing. Or do you want the boring game manager? Now, let me go over in the history of some different studs versus game managers. So, All right, I'm here for this. Randall Cunningham. Remember Randall Cunningham? Oh, one of my favorite man. quarterbacks there for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was a stud. Everyone Absolutely. would agree with that one. Or Joe Flacco. 
You know what I'm saying? Joe Flacco is about as boring as can be. Well, yeah, yeah, he's a Kirk Cousins. I would. Yeah. yeah. All right. You don't have to answer these. I'm just throwing these out there. Dan Marino, stud. Even Joe Montana recently said Dan yeah. Marino is the greatest quarterback of all time. What he meant by that was his release point, his quickness. Right. He is an athletic stud behind the center. Or do you want Tom Brady? Again, this is an obvious one, right? That's uh, a, no, man, that's a hard one. That's a look. Look, if you if you gave Dan Marino the same offense that Tom Brady had, do you think Dan Marino could have outperformed Tom Brady? That's how their argument Absolutely. goes. That's, that's how their argument goes. Do you want the stud? Or right. do you want the boring game manager? How about this right. one? Do you know who Dan Fouts was? Wasn't he? He He's was a, around the same time as like Johnny Unitas, right? Like the, the a little bit 60s? after Johnny Unitas, but he was also a quarterback when I was young and ten years old. He was a quarterback for the San Diego okay. Chargers, and yeah, he was yeah. a stud. I mean, it was, it was yeah. Air Carriol, the whatever the, the coach's name was. He was known yeah. for all of his incredible passes. Do you remember how many Super Bowls the Chargers won during his era? Well, I, I'm going to go with none. It's still zero today. So even zero. though they've now yeah. had Harbaugh as a coach for all of a week, still zero Super Bowls. Still zero Super Bowls. And uh, so do you want Dan Fouts or do you want Joe Montana? I want Joe Montana every day of the week and twice. Do, do never ask me if I'm going to pick somebody <laughs> over Joe Montana. Joe Montana is not really imposing. You look at him. I have stood side by side with Joe Montana. He is not yep. an imposing athlete. He's not going to be the stud. But is he ever the stud? Uh, he is amazing. Yeah. You know, right. How about this one? This one obviously is going to be a little bit, uh, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Dak Prescott or Never. Cooper Rush? Cooper Rush. All day long. Cowboys, wake up. You have All day long. Brock Purdy there on your team. All day long. Why All are you long. still sticking with the stud when you go with the game manager? I, you, you the manager? No, 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 no. You can't be a stud if you don't perform. Like, look, Joel, the Cowboys are a good team, and it hurts. Look, I'm, I'm saying things that, that hurt me in my soul right now. The Cowboys are a good – you put Cooper Rush in the Cowboys, you can have a Brock Purdy status. You're absolutely right. I'm just saying you look Dak at Dak Prescott, Prescott and you say, oh, no. look how fast he runs. Look how elusive he is. Look how far he can throw the ball. All of these measurements that are just eye-popping, wow, look at those biceps kind of thing. This guy is a right. – he is a stud. Do you want that as your quarterback or do you want the boring guy there carrying the clipboard who's the game manager? Knows how yeah. to make the completed pass, advance the chains. He's not going to press anyone. You can take him home to see your mother, and your mother go, oh, right. yes, this is marriage material. He's uh, such a wonderful boy. Do you want the stud, or do you want the game manager? Let me throw you another old one. Terry Bradshaw or Warren Moon? Warren Moon. Terry Bradshaw is a fantastic coach. Right, fantastic coach and announcer, but yeah, and he's Warren a bigger than a life stud. personality. Warren Moon was a stud. How many Super yeah. Bowls did Warren Moon win? Gosh, one zero zero. Didn't even yeah. sniff a Super Bowl. Terry Bradshaw, ring him up four. All right, how about this one? But I Young, also think like, okay, go ahead. I'm trying to make my point here. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah. hey, I could have a ton of these examples. Young John Elway. Versus Grandpa John Elway. <laughs> Grandpa John Elway. Yeah. 
Young John Elway was probably the quintessential stud. I mean, he even walked Absolutely. around like he owned the entire universe with that cocky oh. little step that he had. He, he, he was amazing. Yeah, he, could, he could throw the it's ball fair. through a brick wall. I mean, he was amazing. Some of his receivers complained he threw the ball too hard. Uh, and so he could Aww. throw the ball through probably the length of the field. I don't know. He could run. Yeah, yeah. He, had a, you, he had an arm. Yeah. You, he had a you, cannon you think arm. that um, Josh Allen can run hard? No. D- did not even compare to John Elway. I think he was yeah. a first-round draft pick in baseball yep. as well. I mean, this guy was amazing. Uh, do you know how many Super Bowl competitive Super Bowls he was in as a young player? I think wasn't that like the fifty-five zero victory or the fifty-five-seven victory for the Niners was against John Elway? Exactly, three Super Bowls, zero and three. So the stud yeah. did not perform that well in the big game. And then right. Grandpa John Elway had a team to manage. Terrell Davis was <clears> his <throat> um, running back. He also yeah, had his Shannon Sharp as his tight yep. end. Great yep. team there, and he finished with two Super Bowls. So Grandpa John Elway. Over young vintage John Elway. I think Kurt Warner is a good example. I would oh, put Kurt great, Warner in the stud category. Yeah. But why did he not win that last Super Bowl for the um Arizona Cardinals? Do you remember that that game? I don't. Was it a it was a he, Brady game, if I remember correctly? It was a Brady game. He scored yeah. too quickly. He got the ball with about two minutes left, and I believe him That's and right. your stud wide receiver, whose name Larry is Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald, scored yep. almost immediately. I mean, gave maybe Tom within too twenty much seconds. Yeah, exactly. gave Tom too much time. You got to manage the field, and so they were impressive. I mean, when he was with St. Louis, it was the greatest show on turf. Absolutely. It was impressive Absolutely. watching him go right down that field so surgically and quickly, and they scored a touchdown and left over a minute on the clock. Kurt, you can't do that. You are a right. stud. You have to manage the clock. You can't give Tom Brady. Would Tom Brady reciprocate? No. no. He would no. not give you over he's a, a minute. game manager. He's a yes. game manager. All right. Here's where I'm going with all this. I know you, you thought I had yeah. a point. Patrick Mahomes might be the uh. quintessential stud and game manager. He might be. You can have your cake. And eat it too, because this last year he is trying his hardest to be the game manager. If you can get a quarterback in his prime who is equal parts stud and equal parts game manager, all I'm saying is watch out. This is the greatest quarterback of all time. There you go. I took all the time to make that one point. And none of our listeners are shocked right now. This is not some like revelation from the ma- you are not coming down with stone tablets you are not parting the red sea moses that's right you're not you're not doing Pat, he is equal you. part young john elway and grandpa john elway he is the embodiment of all these quarterbacks we just mentioned tom brady and dan marino that's who we have with one of patrick mahomes so all right I, I'm ready for the Super Bowl, man. I am ready. I, Bring it on. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty pumped for it. All right. Lie. How about our next section here? Since we're talking about quarterbacks, I thought it was interesting. When you look at our current, you know, stable of quarterbacks in the NFL, a lot of teams are going to be upset and say we don't have Patrick Mahomes. Therefore, we should fire our quarterback. Well, Chris, do you know how many teams will not have Patrick Mahomes at the end of this year? Thirty-one. Exactly. So, so it, you, you can't have thirty-one quarterbacks they get fired that's just not that's not right. real so i thought I, I'd, I'd do a little bit of, of research do you know of the current stable of nfl quarterbacks how many have won a super bowl 
Um, it starts with the Jeopardy music. See if you can uh, answer this question. There will be a prize for you if you can answer all four current NFL okay. quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl. Are they starting quarterbacks or are they on a payroll? On the payroll. On the payroll. Six. Uh, list them. List them? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Now, now I go blank. Now I go blank in my head. Um, obviously, Pat Mahomes. Oh, we got Patrick Mahomes. Um, and now I'm going blank again because I'm now I'm working back from the Super Bowls. Joe Flacco has a Super Bowl. Flacco is the hard one. I'm, if you got Flacco, you should be able to nail this list. I see now. I now I'm not going to be able to nail the list. Hold on. Yeah, Dude, Flacco because he's playing for this the guy. Browns. Had his hands up your butt. Well, how can you not remember him? <laughs> Do we Hold need on. some context for this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron, how many no? of the current Aaron Rogers. quarterbacks? Okay, Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers. current no, quarterbacks had their hands on your butt? <laughs> I know, I know. I'm trying to go, but I don't know if I count Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback because though he is, I guess so, he's being paid by the Jets. So, okay. So I got three. I got Mahomes. I got, I got Flacco. I got Aaron Rodgers. I got... Now I'm running through all the teams in my head. Justin Herbert. All right. The Jeopardy clock is ticking. You got to help me out here. I'm All trying. Right. It's Los it Angeles Rams, but a couple of years ago. Oh, Matthew Matt Stafford. Stafford played. Yep. And mm -hmm. then the uh, Denver Broncos quarterback did not win Russell a Super Wilson. Bowl with the Denver. Yes, he won a yeah. one Super Bowl Seattle. with the Seattle uh, and Russell Wilson. So there you go. According yeah. to my calculation, you got those five current quarterbacks have won. A, so you don't have a lot. And come on, can you really count Flacco and Rogers and Wilson? They are so old. I mean, come on. They won them over a decade oh. ago. But those aren't exactly current quarterbacks that are dominating the NFL. Uh, maybe you can throw Stafford in there because he did win one just a couple of years ago. I don't know what the takeaway from this is. That's how much Tom Brady and and Mahomes have dominated the last decade in the NFL. All right, how about this one? Uh, so we have five there. Let's let's yep. broaden it out. Of the current quarterbacks in the NFL, the current stable, how many have a Super Bowl experience? All right, so you got obviously you got Pat. You got the five. So we're not going to go back right, over got the five. five. You, got, you got Jalen Hurts. You have uh, Jared Goff. You have um, hold on. Now I'm, again, you, you asked me these questions. Only two more. Um, you should know one. Go back to your therapy sessions. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, go back to your Jimmy therapy Garoppolo. sessions. Yep. So we have Jalen. We have Jimmy. We have Jared Goff. All right. Plays for Cincinnati, injured oh, this Joe year. Oh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Burrow. So that's only nine quarterbacks. Matt Ryan also has Super Bowl experience, but I just checked Google, and he's not on an NFL team. He's a free agent right now, so I did okay. not include him in the current stable of quarterbacks. There you go. Only nine current quarterbacks who get a paycheck from the NFL have a right. Super Bowl experience. So, again, don't cut your quarterback because no. he didn't win the Super Bowl or else no one is going to have a quarterback. There's not many of them out there. All right, my next section is going to be a real small section. I just wanted to point this out since there's all these SEC lovers out there. Oh, the SEC is Ooh. the greatest sports conference. Oh. All the last two Super Bowls, only one collegiate conference 
has been represented, that would be the Big 12. Uh, you got Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Purdy, and Jalen Hurts. And so all four of those are Big 12 quarterbacks. And I know the SEC is saying, hey, Jalen Hurts technically played a couple years in Alabama. Whatever you cut him, he graduated yep. from the University of Oklahoma. All right, hey, Chris, let's just uh, take Actually, some time. I have one favorite stat there, Joel, and, and this is my favorite thing that I read this week. How many Alabama players have scored in a Super Bowl game? Wow. I'm going to go 10. Zero. Zero. Really? Alabama has not produced a single score, whether throwing or catching or running or fumble recovery or kickoff recovery. Zero Alabama players have scored in a Super Bowl. That is now my favorite stat. That is an amazing stat. I like I, that I was, stat. I think it was. I think I heard it on Pac McPhee, and then I went and Googled it and checked it out for myself. Zero, because they're giving Jalen Hurts again. They're giving Jalen Hurts to Oklahoma, which they should. as they should. They right? should I, as they should. I, Alabama qu cut him for Tua, right? And Oklahoma picked him wah, up. Wah, you, know wah. you lose. All right. You know Oklahoma's had more players in the Super Bowl than uh, Alabama. Well, this last week, again, we're in that middle week here where we're not quite to the Super Bowl. I don't know what I'm going to do this Sunday. I guess probably play some golf. But let's uh, just do a quick review of what our thoughts were on the championship games from this past week. They were great <laughs> games. And, uh, oh, they were uh, and so then I want to talk about the Super Bowl. We do have some law we're going to cover here in just a bit. But mm -hmm. let's talk first about the AFC Championship game. Uh, there's not a lot to talk about about this game other than the Chiefs proved what we have been saying all year long, that they are the champs, and you don't play the regular season the same way when you are the champs. It's just not how Absolutely. things are done. Andy Reid is not going to put out his best plays to beat the Raiders, even if that means we lose to the Raiders. He's not playing <laughs> yep. the season to beat the right. Raiders. He is setting nope. the season up to win the Super Bowl. And so you don't you don't play the regular season the same way. That's just the reality of it. And uh, so uh, this is now Chiefs time. Well, and it's this weird. I don't know. It it's it's hard for Americans to comprehend that. You could have a, and we could say the Chiefs had a mediocre season. They didn't have a stellar season, right? Pat Mahomes wasn't in any sort of discussions for MVP. You know, Kelsey had a bunch of receptions and broke some records, so good on him. But it wasn't like, you know, Red Kingdom every week, no. like like rolling through things. And so for 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 I don't know the the drama of the narrative. We love to say, "Oh, have the Chiefs lost a step? Has Pat Mahomes lost a step? Is what's the drama around this?" And it's like, bro, we're playing the long game. Like we're winning the Super Bowl. We're not winning against you know Carolina in Week Two. We it, don't care. It does matter when you get your your get on a roll. You want right. to be on a roll at the end of the year. You don't want to yep. peak too early. I think Andy Reid knows that, and he mm -hmm. feared that for this team. You even see that during a game. Where you, right. you want your team to be in. One of the biggest fears I have as, as a Chiefs fan is we get up big at halftime and then we go into halftime and we celebrate. We think the game yep. is over and we just come out flat. It's really hard to find your groove yep. after you've already lost it after halftime. I'm thinking of the Cincinnati game a couple of years ago where we went into the halftime with a huge lead and we just we lost it to Cincinnati into the second half. 
And I, I think Andy Reid understands that. And he coaches to that where we almost want to be close, always competitive. That's when everyone is sharp. No one takes a playoff. And we are dialed in until the very end. And that's what you saw this last week. Two things yep. I do want to point out. Andy Reid, as great of a coach as he is, still mm-hmm. struggles with end of clock management and yep. also when to issue that challenge flag. And early yep. in the game, Travis Kelsey had what looked to be a first down. They called him short. Okay, we're on offense. Yep. They rushed the fourth down play. Why would you do that? It's the first half. Call a timeout. Take some time. Let it. Maybe it should be challenged. Maybe it shouldn't be challenged. We right. don't know. But if we're on offense, why are you rushing that play? Well, re- right. the replay did show Travis Kelsey was short, but by like a couple of inches. So instead of a yard, mm-hmm. now we're just trying to gain a couple of inches. Would that have made the fourth down conversion a lot easier? Well, sure. I don't know. Could have been. Yeah. We ended up losing a yard, but that could have changed the gameplay, uh, the, yeah. the, the call there on fourth sure. down. So if we're on offense, why, Andy Reid, are you rushing that next play when it's something that could be challenged and could really impact the game? Giving the Ravens a false sense of security. That's it. L- lulling them in. It's all part of the mastermind that is Cheeseburger Reid. All right. Like, so- just he, he plays the mind games. He's letting Lamar think that he's losing. The, oh, I'm making such bad decisions early on. We're going to lull you into the sense of, bam, we beat there you. There you go. All right. I will end on a positive note here with the Chiefs analysis. That last play was a play of champions. So Mm -hmm. if you're a Super Bowl winning coach, you know how to coach for that moment. We're going to talk a little bit here of why Coach Campbell for the Lions utterly failed in that decision. It was Uh, rough. It was rough for him. We go for it. We always go for it. We always, you know, always going for it on fourth down is not coaching. That's, that's idiocy. You have to coach yeah. the moment. Something Dan Campbell does not understand, and that's why Detroit is going golfing right now. Uh, Andy, well, there's, that a, last- there's a lot of reasons why Detroit's going golfing right now, and one of some. We, we'll get to Detroit. All right, yeah, yeah, we'll get there in we'll a second. To so to finish this, that last play, where it's third and nine, you have 19 seconds left before the two-minute warning. You could run the ball, sure, and the clock would run. All it's going to run off is, at that point, 12, uh, 13 seconds, however long that game that play took, minus that that time period. That's not worth it. You go for the first down. They went for the first down because that's everything to gain, nothing to lose in that situation. And so that is coaching for the moment, a brilliant play call. That's, That's calling a play to win the freaking game. And that's what they did yep. with that one play. So that is my take. Uh, it looked like it was a box. The Chiefs looked like a boxer who knew they were up in points. And so the second half, they just kind of spent just keeping their opponent at arm's distance. And it was a brilliant right. example of game management. I think if the Chiefs ever went down or if it ever went within one score, you would have seen a much different Chiefs team or Chiefs offense out there. They would have then played to score some points, but they didn't play to score some points. They played to keep their opponent at arm's length, which meant no interceptions, no turnovers, nothing to galvanize the crowd. Right. They weren't running up the score. They were protecting the the lead. And I think it really threw off Lamar. And look, Lamar had some amazing plays during that game, right? Lamar pulled some crazy stuff out. Absolutely. The pass that went to himself, which is the one everybody's talking about, 
but his run game was on point. He was pretty surgical with, with his passing game. He only had two mistakes. One was not even his mistake, right? One was the pocket collapsed. And uh, I think it was Chris Jones who got in there and slapped out the, the first fumble. Yes. And then, and then the, the second mistake was the interception that was thrown and look like, you know, if the chiefs weren't the precision instrument that they were during that game, those turnovers wouldn't have cost the Ravens as much as it did, but the chiefs were on point all game. They were playing chiefs football and Lamar had two mistakes. So it, there was no coming back from that. And yeah. even I think Lamar acknowledged that at the press conference. So, you know, props to him for, for acknowledging it, that it was like, yeah, like, we 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 kind of lost this one. And, and you know what? Even though I want to say the Chiefs were not going to lose that game, the reality is it's a competition. If, yeah, if, they could if Scantling drops that third and nine bomb and we don't win the game right there, we're punting, and now they yeah. have the ball with two minutes left. Let's say they score a touchdown because things happen, right? I, 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 right. I, I'm a betting yep. person. I would bet on the Chiefs' defense there, but they could have scored a touchdown. And right. I think Harbaugh would have said, we're going for two right here, right now. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let this go to yeah. overtime where we both get a shot. No, we're going to win this game right here, right now. And I don't think the Chiefs uh, win that game. So that. No. That, that's how close. We came one third, bo- third and nine bomb drop from losing right. that game. That's how close these Absolutely. things are. All right. And, and that's the point. That's what makes the games great. Now let's go to the NFC Championship game. Uh, that was a. I don't know what my thoughts are on this one because I I watched the game in its entirety, and the Lions the Lions should have won that game. This clearly to me was an example of the Lions losing it through idiotic coaching decisions by Dan Campbell. But San Fran just showed you they're right there, and you they did in that second half. They were surgical. And they just took the Lions out there with their passing, with their running. Christian right. McCaffrey is the real deal. So, yeah, yep. they took advantage of some stupid calls by Dan Campbell, but they still took advantage of that second-half stupidity, and they just took hold of well, that game, and they won. And I think the San yeah. Fran is the dominant team left in the NFL. He, look, personal, personal love of side. Personal love of side. It was a horrendous first half. Like you and I were texting that entire time. I was not having a good day. It was a it was an absolute horrendous first half. And for some teams, having a first half like that could spoil the rest of the game. Right? It you you come in and you look at you're down 24-7 going into the second half. You guys are you couldn't convert at all on anything on your on your first quarter. Aiden Hutchinson is, you know, eating you for lunch, which good on for Aiden Hutchinson. I like that guy. It's a feel-good story. But, you know, George Kittle and Nick Bosa and a couple of the other guys were talking about it afterwards at the, the post-game stuff where it's like we had to do something. We were the game was lost at the end of the first half. And to come out and to have Brock, you know, work the game, get down there. You know, there was a couple of a couple of miss missteps by the Detroit Lions. And I don't want to blame, you know, Dan too hard for this because you can call the plays, but you got to execute the plays as well. Yes, so right. So Dan, yeah, Dan Dan made a couple and again, kudos to Dan for owning it, right? These were my bad calls. This is, you know, inexperience as a coach, whatever it is, like, you know, he he he's owned it in in true Dan Campbell form. He puts his heart on his sleeve and and, and owns it for him. But I mean, Detroit 
got lazy that second half, right? The thing that you feared the Chiefs would do, Detroit did. And that comes from lack of experience in an NFC championship game. And I think that the team has lost a little bit of confidence in their head coach because their head coach continually makes stupid decisions. So at a certain point, yeah. now you're questioning, and they, they won't say it, but do they feel it in their heart? My, my, the first example we'll is against Dallas when when they went for that two-point conversion to win the game at the end of the game, and the refs yeah. incorrectly called the penalty because the, yep. the they said the wrong person identified as a receiver. And so now it's going to be forced. It's going to be the two point conversion from the seven yard line. Right. Take the points. There's still, don't be stupid. This is a right. change of, of scenario. You didn't anticipate this. Take the right. points and let's go to overtime again, right here in this situation. You have, what was it? Six minutes left in the game. You're yep. down by three. Yeah. Take the points. Take the yeah, yeah. I, I've I've always been told, and I follow this, that if you're in the late in the the fourth quarter, and you can make a decision that either gives you a lead, or mm -hmm. it takes you from the losing position, you you do that. You you kick the right. game tying field goal. You right. you kick the field goal to go up one. Whatever. If you can make a decision that changes the outcome of the game, you take it late in right. the fourth you quarter. You take the safe bet. Take yes, he did not follow that, and um, I, I think his team now has lost some confidence in their head coach because he just—he's—he's he's tough. Give him kudos for that, but is he smart? I—I I think it's a learning process, though, because look, nobody—and I mean nobody—talked more crap about the Lions this start of this season than Chris Marone. No, I—I I dogged the Lions all day long for being a horrible team, and I had to eat a lot of crow inexperienced coaching absolutely do i think that they've lost a step nope i think they're just going to be hungry again we're going to get some great dan campbell quotes and he's going to learn from this and next season i think that they're going to be back again in this i think that the lions over the next few seasons and again i can eat more crow right i'm not a freaking you know magic eight ball here but i think they're going to be contenders for a little while they're going to have a lot of playoffs they are. in their future and as long as dan campbell can humble himself and learn from some of these mistakes that's right right we we gotta we gotta you know dan isn't i mean how long has he been head coach of the lions this is his sec, like second season well america wanted to see the ravens versus the lions yeah, so sorry did. america you didn't get it you got taylor swift the swifties <laughs> and the kansas city chiefs versus yep. the 49ers now chris let's take a quick look here i know we'll do more about this next week but at first mm -hmm. glance Kansas City is in real trouble. I just, I did not realize this. I know you're a big San Fran uh, fan, so mm -hmm. you probably did realize this. Did you realize that Chiefs uh, on their current roster has four Pro Bowl players? Four. Ooh. San Fran has, let me count them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine Pro Bowl players. This isn't even a close contest. San Fran has the studs. They have the better players. We only have four All-Pros. Now, I know you've probably seen, no, there's five. Joel, you forgot about um, Joe Thune, our guard. Yes, but he's injured. He's out for the year. That's right. why I qualified right, it by right. saying on their active roster. We only have four players who can play this weekend or Super Bowl weekend who are Pro Bowl players. That's four to nine. Clearly the talent resides on the West Coast. Kansas City doesn't have a shot here. Well, and how do you get a Pro Bowl player? Right? It it's fans, right? I, well, no. I, I see what you're saying. That they're voting right. in players. They're they're vote they're voting in players. And look, I 
I don't want to be like, mm, of course the Niners have so many better players. We're a better team. Um, the Niners gelled this year. They were good. They they were where where McCaffrey is weak, Debo is strong. Where where Bosa is weak, Chase Young is strong. Well, let's, where, let's analyze this here. So let me so, just tell you the Kansas City's stud players. You got Mahomes and Kelsey, right? Of course. Then you got the center. Who cares, right? I mean, come on, Creed Humphrey. Did you even know he played for the Chiefs? Right. Oh, center. Good. I do now. If your name's not Jason Kelsey, I don't care about you playing center. All right. Right. And then Chris Jones on defense. That makes sense. That's it. Yeah. Only three impact players are are all pro. Meanwhile, uh, San Fran's mm-hmm. team, you got Purdy. You got the skill McCaffrey. You got Kyle Juzizic. Yep, our fullback. Yeah. George Kittle. Offensive tackle, the one guarding your quarterback, Trent Williams. You got Nick Bosa on defense, Javon Hargrave on the defensive line, Fred Warner, an impact in interior inside linebacker, and Savarius Ward at cornerback. You have skill positions all up and yeah. down your roster that are all pros. Now, here's the interesting thing, Chris, that I, I learned this last week. I don't know if you heard this. This Super Bowl is going to represent the greatest disparity in cap room space between Ever. quarterbacks. In Ever. other words, you have Purdy on the San Fran who is making all of $800,000 a year. Now, that's not Rookie bad contract. pay at the comedian of law. But when it comes nope. to football terms, that's pittance. Why is he, he still has a roommate? He still has a roommate for his apartment in San Francisco. I bet you can't even afford his roommate is an apartment in San Fran. $800,000 for your starting quarterback, who, by the way, is an all-pro. That means you have, and Patrick Mahomes makes up 17% of, of our calf space. That's 16 percentage points of calf space that can go to talent at San Fran. That's why yep. San Fran has so many better players. Would the Chiefs love Tyree Kill? Sure, we'd love to have Tyree Kill. But at what expense? Now you're you can't pay Patrick Mahomes. So this game, that's that's why San Fran has so much more talent because mm-hmm. we have so much of our cap space, sixteen percent, in fact, more uh, allocated to our quarterback than San Fran does. Yeah, but your sixteen percent cap space has also gotten you six AFC Championship games. Super Bowl, like the whole, like we're at the start of Purdy's career. Do you think he's not going to get cashed out? In a couple let's, of years, let's let's say that Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl this year, right? Boom, he goes next year into his rookie contract, and then he goes into negotiations after that. He repeats right. uh, a playoff appearance, maybe not a Super Bowl win, repeats a playoff appearance. How much money is he going to get if he gets MVP this year? How much money do you think he's going to get? Right, that's why. And if it's you so say hard. less than six hundred million, you're absolutely out of your mind. That's why it's so hard for teams to be at the top for so long because you got to right. pay those players, and that's just hard to do. And right. now, yes, at the Chiefs, we're going to keep paying Patrick Mahomes because, as we pointed out earlier in this podcast, he might be Dynasty. the greatest of all time since he is a yeah. stud and the game and manager. And it's so rare; we're just going to pay him whatever he wants. Right. Our owner Clark Hunt said oh, he almost apologized to to um. Um, uh, Patrick Mahomes after making him the highest paid player this year because, like I said, no matter how much we pay you, you're underpaid, and that's the truth. Right. He he could he could yeah. fleece Kansas City for as much money as he wants. He's that good. But then, who's going to block for him? Who is he going right. to throw to? That that's the right. the the issue. Well, the more money you pay one player, the less you have around him, and then more to the point. Also, what if he gets injured? 
And now you're just out 20% of your right. cap space. Uh, no right. players. Absolutely. So, so it is difficult. I'm looking at you, Cleveland, right? Looking at you, Cincinnati. Yeah. So if, if San Fran in two years, I think it's after your third year, you can extend the rookie's yep. contract. So they will do it after his third year. Um, will San Fran continue to be the same dominant team when they have to we'll pay see. Purdy all that money? Now they right. can't we'll pay see. both McCaffrey and Debo Samuels. You can only keep right. one of them. Yeah, it's going to be rough. That's why I'm going to enjoy the ride right now. All right. So San Fran, we all, we were, we're both in agreement. San Fran is the far superior team. You know what? But they're only two point favors, so it's even money. I don't get it. Well, well, why is San Fran? I don't. I don't. Get I'm glad San Fran's the favorite. I don't get it. But it, it's experience, right? You, you, and Tom Brady talks about this a lot. You think you know how to play in a Super Bowl until you get to the Super Bowl, right? And look, Brock, I'm digging it. I'm, I'm, I'm down. But let's let's look at how you played against the Lions. Do you think? That the Lions, or do you think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to make the same mistakes that the Detroit Lions made, or the Green Bay Packers, or anybody else? No, right. they're not. One they of are the, experienced. One of the big fears <clears throat> that I have for the Chiefs, that I think that any te- fan base will have for their team, is will we get overconfident at this stage in the game? No, I don't think the Chiefs will. I think we've had such no. a bad year. We can't get overconfident this year, right? Um, we're just a couple drops away from being out of this. Yeah, absolutely. You are one or two overconfident decisions. And look, the Chiefs defense isn't going to be the problem. It's going to be the Niners defense, right? It's going to be Chase Young and Nick Bosa coming in. We're going to have our corners and our safety. That's going to be the issue. The the game is going to be won and lost on the Niners defense and the Chiefs offense. Because if we can stuff Patrick Mahomes, if we can stubble, stumble Travis Kelsey, if we can contain the madness that is, you know, the ability of Mahomes to scramble and get out, like, you know, we keep pressure on the pocket and we keep doing the things that, that our defense can do, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough because our offense is studs all day long. So as long as Mahomes can keep track and keeps just the outscoring pace that I know he can do, that's going to be the difference. All right. Well, I am definitely looking. I'm very yeah, excited about great. this game. We'll talk more about it next week when we make our predictions. Oh, come on. I'm taking the Chiefs. But nonetheless, uh, we all know. <laughs> I'm picking the Niners. I'll, I'll give you the New reasons splash. why I am. Spoiler I think alert. the Niners will win, and that's why I'm picking the Chiefs. Uh, you see how that works? I can't expect yeah. the Chiefs to win because that feeds into the overconfidence. So I got to see how right. San Fran will win and then the Chiefs tend to do better. All right, hey, there are a couple of legal issues in the news and so let's just quickly talk about them. Trump's civil verdict came out this last mm-hmm. week. So if you don't know what happened, uh, there was a Jean Carroll and she alleged that Trump sexually assaulted her raped her over 20 years ago in a department store changing room. Trump doubted. He said, no, that did not happen. She is making that up. It went to a jury. Now, when things go to a jury in America, it's a 51% vote on the civil side. So 51% do, is it possible that in New York city, you can find 51% of the jurors who don't like Trump and doesn't believe what Trump says. I think that's highly possible. Nonetheless, Trump lost that civil lawsuit and had to pay Gene Carroll for damages for sexual assault that happened over 20 years ago. Well, Trump then mm-hmm. went public and said, nope, this is not right. She is a liar. This did not happen. 
And Gene Carroll said, oh, oh, you're calling me a liar now. Okay. Yep. Well, then how about this? I'm going to sue you now for defamation. How do you like dim apples? So the jury returned a verdict this last week for what? $80 million against Trump. Yep. Chris, I have a lot of problem with this. Uh, let's take out the name Trump and let's just analyze mm -hmm. this. If this means you have a lawsuit and you lose that lawsuit, you are yep. never allowed to publicly disagree about it later by calling the other side that they're lying by bringing that first lawsuit. These matters are disputed. Correct. It wasn't no, a unanimous not. jury verdict. No, the, 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 it wasn't unanimous. You're settled. You're settled. The 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 situation the situation is and and yeah, let's take Trump out of it. Let's say that you and I sue each other, Joel. And I think that that you wronged me somehow. And I'm not going to use rape. I'm not going to say you raped me. But I'm going to say you, you wronged you wronged me somehow, right? I ditched your 49ers. The, sure. You wronged me somehow. And the court determined that, yes, you wronged me. And then you come back out and say, nope, Chris is a liar. He's a liar. Let, let's go to the jury. The jury voted and seven out of the 12 said that I wronged you. Five mm -hmm. of the 12 said I didn't wrong you. But I get it. That's the That's the verdict of the jury. What was the jury? What was the actual jury split? I don't know. I'm making this number. These numbers up. Yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying. In civil cases, they are. You don't need a unanimous verdict in a civil case. It was nine to twelve. There you go. So three of them said no. Them said I don't no. believe it. I believe Trump. I believe Trump. I All believe right. that that didn't. Yeah. Okay. So nine to twelve. So we had a seventy-five percent saying Trump did these things and 25 percent said nope he did not nope, do these things he did not do those things so for trump to go or for anybody for joel to go the court was wrong the jury was wrong they reached the wrong verdict that is not defamation when you say e Jean carroll lied she's a liar she lied she lied lie lies she's a liar mm -mm, that is defamation i don't know because the court proved the court decided the the mutual arbiter decided that he can still believe he can still believe she's a liar what you are allowed to have that opinion you're allowed to have consequences for your opinion as well that is but that is his opinion and he, I, now i but, fear but that in every single civil case now right. if there's a jury verdict the side that loses if they say something like i don't buy it i don't believe it this is wrong that's now that's a not what, case. that's not what he said though well, he in did in not fact, say, it is what he said no no what he said he didn't say the case was wrong he didn't say the court was wrong. He didn't say the jury was wrong. He said that E. Jean Carroll is a liar. Right, but there is a had, very. That's if not, he had said the court the was wrong, thing. if he had said the court was wrong, that's she fine. Still, that's not she definition. still could have sued him for defamation. No, she couldn't. No, have. she could have. Absolutely, well, that's right. She can sue for anything you want on the. And it's the same theory. She would not It'd be have the ran. same theory. No, it's not because it, you can. Be, it wasn't attacking her personally. It'd be attacking her personally. Not when you attack the court. When you because, say the court's illegitimate and the jury was illegitimate, that's not that. When you you also were implying because she lied, she lied under oath, which is a crime. Right. So in defamation, when you allege a crime, you have to prove truth and fact. He can't I, prove truth and fact. I just did a class on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation case where Johnny Depp right. won a defamation claim against Amber Heard because mm -hmm. Amber Heard wrote an op-ed that said, I became the public face of domestic abuse two years ago. That was an absolute true statement. But what it inferred was Johnny Depp abused me. Even though she didn't say it, she said, I became the public face and therefore 
that you, you can infer that uh, you know that she was pointing mm -hmm. the finger at him as being the um, right. the, uh, the abuser. Same as here. If no, he said not. the court got it's it wrong, not. he is inferring that she lied, and that so you still would have a defamation case. There, no, you are com you are comparing two very different apples and oranges here. It had not been decided that Johnny Depp had abused Amber Heard. There was no, no there was no criminal case. Right. We have determined a court has determined that Donald Trump sexually assaulted E. Jean Carroll. Yes, that's what I'm fearful of. And now every time that a court we, determines something, right, you can't weird. disagree with it. No, you cannot call the individual that won the case a liar because the court determined she wasn't. That's the, uh, the deciding factor. You can believe all you want that it wasn't sexual assault. I grabbed her by the whatever. That's not sexual assault. I just grabbed her. That's not sexual assault. No, the court determined that was sexual assault. The court so, determined what you did was sexual assault. So, so when you say that she didn't do it or that you didn't do it and that she's a liar, you are now attacking her individually. If you say the judge got it wrong, they didn't weigh the right evidence, they didn't, the jury is biased against me for political reasons, all of which could be true, but calling her a liar isn't true because she I, didn't lie. I the court determined she a, didn't lie. Th uh, Donald Trump lied. This will be a very interesting case to to follow up on appeal. I'm I'm reminded of another yeah. case uh, where Matthew Snyder, who um, his Matthew Snyder oh, yeah. died while in combat there, I believe in the Iraq War, and he he died in combat. And there was a a person out there, Fred Phelps, who belonged to a church in Topeka. He liked to he's this person. If you Google him, he That's he would carry right. these signs, these horrible things about people. Yeah, he would I don't go even to want to repeat funerals. it on my website. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he went to this person's funeral and picketed with these horrendous signs. And so yeah. the Snyder family filed this defamation lawsuit against um, uh, Fred Phelps and his, I believe, his church. Church, and and yeah. so it um uh it goes to trial and goes to a jury. The jury ordered a verdict of ten point nine million dollars against Fred Phelps and and his group. And and so you can see the reason why. It's like this is a horrible sign. This was defamatory. This was invading their their right to privacy to bury their dead. And it mm -hmm. goes to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said. No, nope. this is a matter of public concern. Yes, this nope. is horrendous speech. The worst kind of speech imaginable. Right. But still here, no, this is a matter of public concern. We're not going to allow for this kind of a defamation. So, Chris, I am going to mm -hmm. suggest I'm not on this uh, appellate team. I would suggest <laughs> that what Trump said was a matter of public concern for several different reasons. I think he could say either one, this is political speech because Gene Carroll's making a political statement against him. And that's what he really believes. That's what his followers believe. I don't think you can credibly say this does not touch on politics. And so if this is a matter of public concern, then I think the Supreme Court will be very interested in this case as to how this is going to suppress speech. I don't know how this case might come out or will this case follow the Trump factor where the court will tend to say, yeah, Trump makes his own bed. We're going to create one kind of law for Trump and not worry about what kind of precedent might set for anyone else. The mental gymnastics that you got to jump through to somehow exonerate Donald Trump in this case is like Simone Biles level of amazing. Like, I, I think he gets exonerated. I think he gets anybody, exonerated here. I think he wins I, on appeal. I truly believe that you think he's going to get exonerated on everything because he's done nothing wrong. No, Where, no, 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 no. I'm, I believe I'm he, the, he, dude, sexually assaulted this woman and then told her that she lied about it. 
and is now angry that he has to face responsibilities for not only his actions, but his words. And we're like, mm, let's put some hairs here and say it's not really. But no. you can say Homeboy someone sexually assaulted a woman and then told her she was a liar. He is garbage. Hold on, hold People. on. We're talking no, about a journalist who 20, over 20 years later comes out with this. Nope. And she's been, a vote. she's been an sexually opponent of his for 20 years. She, he sexually assaulted her, Joel. It, that is the end of the day. The jury it, found that he sexually assaulted her. Right. And that's I, the end of it. And if he did sexually and he needs assault to stop her. Stop talking about it and stop telling people she's a liar and he won't get slapped with $100 million verdicts. Right. This is the one of my favorite cases because it is telling us that bullies do not get to win in every situation. And he assaulted her, got away with it for 25 years. He's a great friend of Jeffrey Epstein, and now he's getting to pay for it. The guy needs to sit down and STFU and let the nation move on. And I would agree. If he actually did it, who, who cares? He did. Right? I mean, let him suffer the consequence. But I do think there is he fair did. room to, to question the motivations on both sides here and say, well, hold on. There, I can see where he is coming from, that, that she is an opponent. Uh, this would be very similar to what happened against Judge Everybody's Kavanaugh. Everybody's a Trump opponent. Whereas, like, hold on That's, a second here. What happened to Judge Kavanaugh? Melania is, a, Melania is a Trump opponent. Everybody's a Trump opponent. You don't get to, you don't get to, you as an individual do not get to politicize your life so much and then go, everybody's a political opponent, so you can't say anything to me. But no. Back to, back to my point, the Supreme Court in the Snyder case, you can't get worse speech than this. I mean, this is horrendous no. speech, and even the most horrendous speech imaginable. If you think what Donald Trump is saying is the worst speech imaginable, it is protected in the Constitution because you have to have a right to, to speak those kind of things, or else what kind of precedent are you setting? Or are we going to create a Trump precedent that says we're not going to worry about the precedent here. Um, we're just going to say this happened to Donald Trump, and so it's okay. What did the sign say? What did the sign say in the Snyder case? Yeah, the I, sign don't, said, I don't want to repeat it, right? right. Uh, but you can Google it. it you know it what it not, says. It did not allege a crime. It did not It did not um, call anybody out for a liar. It said very foul things about the soldiers, where right. they're ending up, their sexual orientation, all of which was not proven by a court of law. Right. This piece of garbage Murphy guy was just out there picketing so he could get attention. The court decided, a jury decided in a fair trial that Trump sexually assaulted this woman, and then he's going around saying she's still lying about it, implying that she committed perjury. Well, we will you, follow this case yeah. as it percolates because I, I definitely, I'm not a Trump fan. You, you all know that. Um, I'm very much now behind whoever is facing Donald Trump in the Republican primary, and that'd be Nikki Haley. She's the last one that's standing. Uh, and so, hey, go Nikki for the next week until she steps down. Um, and then it's going to be- And then you're a Trump fan. No, then it's going to be Manchin. Come on, man. Where are you, Manchin? You said nope. you're going to run. Now nope. is the time to run. Give me someone to vote for. Joe Manchin. <laughs> Um, no, but my favorite part is that 2020 was a leap year. It was Biden, Trump, and it was Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. In 2024, ooh. it is a leap year. It is Biden, Trump, and it is a Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. Wow. I did not realize that. Yeah. What so I'll win the presidency and you can have the Super Bowl. Now Let's I am do that. conspiracy theorist. <laughs> we all know Taylor Swift's going to run for president. She, she's going to get Absolutely. the votes. She'll win. Travis Kelsey is going to be oh, Jason Kelsey will, will be the running mate, and this will be the most uh, fun ticket in the history of mankind. Uh, I have awesome. no idea what their politics are. I know people say what Taylor Swift's politics are. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe no. it's out there. I don't know. I um, think it's uh, I think it's opposition of Trump. I don't think her politics are pro Biden. I think they're opposition of Trump. I, but have you heard her make political statements? 
just telling everybody to vote. Okay. Get out I, there and I, get registered and vote. I haven't been a Swifty, um, but I haven't been. She is I haven't heard hyper it. critical, hyper critical of Marsha Blackburn, the senator from her home state. Okay. So, so I guess you can do some inferring, uh, inferring there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but still, it's not a a big stretch to say that people are anti-Trump because he he's said things and done things. They're head scratchers. I will also point out the Democrats attacked him mercilessly, never even gave him a shot, and lied about him from the very beginning. And so now we're in the stage where, my goodness, where is George Washington? Can we get someone who actually is in the middle that tries to represent America? Joe Manchin, I'm looking at you. Run for presidency. We can do it. I love that you think that Biden isn't a Republican, but we'll talk about that later. Biden is as far left. Oh, you're right. No, he's not. No, not even close. Biden is not even close to the left. All right. Hey, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. I guess play golf, but it's been a great podcast. And so we will Mm -hmm. see you next week. And remember, go Chiefs. (laughs) No. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tribe. Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support. Mm-hmm.